Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 128 of Russell Life Radio. Now maybe today, Mr. Matt Sin, that's me, Russell Life Matt, I might sound a little more chipper than I usually do. Do you want to know why? I know why. <laughs> Tell me why. It's because Riley's here. Woo! Woo! I love Riley, but that's not why. <laughs> the, the reason is because this episode is all about AEW. That's right. We're going all out for AEW. Boom, yeah. let's go ignite. <laughs> so my beautiful wife and I, who uh, she's at jujitsu tonight so she can come home and beat me up. Uh, she, her and I went to Dynamite for the second week in a row. And the four of us are going to all out this weekend. And we could not be more ecstatic. Yes, we're very excited. Yes, super excited. Uh, before we get started, I do want to say a special thank you to our listeners. We hit 400 uh, listens in a month, and that's the first time that we've done that. That's a really big number, and we just wanted to say thank you all to everyone here so, so very much, because uh, we we couldn't, we obviously wouldn't do this without you, couldn't do this without you, and uh, we appreciate it. So thank yeah. you all so much. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do this day in wrestling history, because we got a big one today. So, uh, Riley. Riley. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm looking She's at looking Micah. She's looking at me like, what is he about to ask me? Yeah, I'm looking at Micah like, oh, okay. <laughs> Can you give me your best this day in wrestling history? <laughs> oh, gosh. Am I supposed to? Okay. Do it. Do your best Michael Bur- Buffer, or even better, your best uh, Chris Cumby, Russell I Feel. Okay. Let's do it. This day in wrestling history. That's solid. I'm proud of Thank you. you. That was inspi- inspiration from Chris Cumby. <laughs> <laughs> Today is September 4th, 2020. 25 years ago today, WCW presented the very first episode of Monday Night Nitro. A quarter of a century. Basically what was my childhood debuted. Before Micah was born. Yeah. I weren't born yet. On this episode. What now? I'm sorry. I said I weren't born yet. Yes. On this episode, uh, Steve Mongo McMichael, former NFL defensive tackle, and uh, Russell Botch's famous uh, Mongo Monday, please go check that out, uh, debuted. But what's really important is on the same night, Lex Luger debuted or, or wrestled on a taped Raw and debuted on Monday Night Nitro. Uh, what's funny about this, and a lot of people don't know this, is Eric Bischoff did not like Lex Luger, but he loved Sting and their best friends. So he decided to give Luger, he offered him one-fifth of the money that he made with WCW earlier on, uh, a few years earlier, thinking that Luger would turn it down, but he took it. And Luger stayed with WCW until it folded in March 2001. Wow. What, did crazy? He, what, what, did he, what problem did he have with Lex Luger? I have no idea. I don't remember. Hmm. So, ain't no telling. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, but 25 years ago today, the uh, debut of Monday Nitro. That's crazy. That's pretty, that's, that is crazy. Yeah, it's a big one. And now we've got WCD, WCW 2.0. Yeah, but no, well, it's, it's much better, to be fair. Like, I love WCW, but it was kind of all over the place, except for that 18-month run it had. Yeah, well... AEW hasn't even been around for 18 months, so... Yeah. We'll see. So, 
And we have a Mimosa Mayhem match coming up, so maybe we are going to go full WCW. We'll see. Yeah, Riley was thinking the other day, she's like, we're going to see that. I'm like, yeah, we will. <laughs> it's gonna be great though, it's Jericho. So it can't be, it can't be too bad. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about dynamite. We're gonna do some dynamite chat. Uh, like I said, Carol and I were there. Uh, Mike and Riley watched it on TV. We have not had that opportunity yet. And then we're gonna predict all out and talk about that a little bit. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Let's so it. let's get into some dynamite, Micah. All right. Um, I don't have a recap. I thought you had a recap. Oh, I do have a recap. I'm sorry. I thought you wanted to do it. <laughs> no, I did not want to do it. Oh, okay. My bad. Okay. So Dynamite opened up. We're a professional company here. We are a professional company. I'm not editing that out either. That's great. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, Dynamite like, opened I'm up. like, hmm, I don't have anything up except for the squared circle subreddit. <laughs> so basically before the show started, just to give you guys some background information, Tony Khan came out and said the exact same thing he did last week. He talked about uh, please don't say the S word. Please don't say the F word. Please wear your masks. Thank you so much for coming. Um, and then he left. And then Justin Roberts introduced us. We had a dark match. Uh, so fast forward this for 30 seconds if you don't want to know that result. Uh, the Butcher and the Blade beat two jobbers. Um, it was a good match, though. It was fun. Uh, and I call them jobbers. They are local wrestlers, I guess I should say. Uh, and then Dynamite officially opens. And Excalibur is back. How did Excalibur do on this first episode back man it was so much better it's like yeah. it's literally like night and day when he's not there versus when he is i i honestly i don't say this facetiously i don't know of a more important member of their roster to me than excalibur yeah, yeah he's my really? favorite he's great he really is good and i remember when jr and tony shivani and excalibur first became a three-man thing i thought okay you have two of the best wrestling voices of all time and you have this Joker in a mask, and he changed my mind in like two weeks. Yeah, he's and he's so good. He's the glue. Yeah, I mean he yeah. he he held the whole night together. The play by play is great, and not only that, him doing the play by play allows Jr. and Tony to be Jr. and Tony, and it right. makes them flourish. So yeah, it's really it's a perfect booth. Yeah, of course. So we get the best friends versus the inner circle, proud and powerful, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, and as Proud and Powerful were making their way to the ring, Trent and Chucky e. T just comes up and just absolutely murders them. I just assume, like, oh, is this an Extreme Rules match? No. I didn't realize that they just didn't ring the bell. Yeah, it was like the so, Darby and Sammy match. Yeah. They beat nobody, the crap out of each other. Nobody went Chuck to Taylor, ring. Yeah. Chuck Taylor set up this gigantic chair thing, which from where I was sitting, I couldn't really get a clear shot. So I didn't even know what was going on until right before Chuck got tossed into it. So tell me a little bit about that. So he set up like three rows of chairs facing each other, and then he laid chairs on top of those. A chair tower, some might say. Yeah, and, and you know the old rule of wrestling. If you set up the table, you're getting put through it. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's kind of how that worked out. Also, I don't know if you can see it from your seat, Chuck is ro rocking one of the best mustaches of all time. No, I he's couldn't a, see that. He's got a handlebar going on. Really? Yeah, real Kentucky gentleman looking. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so Chuck got tossed through that, and Trent had to wrestle proud and powerful for pretty much the whole match on his own. Yeah. Yeah, there were some really big spots. There was a spot where uh, Trent was on the apron, and they had done a uh, ring step spot before the match started. So I believe it was Santana, uh, shoulder blocked, Trent and Trent fell back onto the ring steps. It was pretty cool. But the match was match was solid. 
I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy this match, and I was glad for the outcome. Yeah. Um, the outcome is Trent and Chucky T lost. They did not get revenge for Sue at all. But you know what? Santana and Ortiz won, and they needed to win. They, they have did. lost way too much. Yeah, and for they're sure. too good. I, I love the best friends. They're one of my favorites. But they this is not their time. They've they've had their moment like for several several months now. I think it's now time for Proud and Powerful to step up in the tag team division and uh, climb up the rankings. After it's over, we move straight into an MGF promo. And uh, I did get to see this on live television, or, or live. It came up on the screen, which is cool. That's good. So, uh, what's the guy's name? Lee? Lee Johnson? Yeah, Lee Johnson. Comes up to MJF, and he's like, hey man, uh, your, your boy Smart Mark is locking himself in a room. And so, MJF and Wardlow go, and they're knocking on the door, and MJF's like, hey buddy, what's going on? And Mark Sterling says, oh man, I just, I think I've, I think I finally got this figured out where I don't have to do it. And uh, Wardlow kicks the door down and drags him out. And MJF gives him, we'll say, a, a pep talk. You can call it a pep talk? It's not what I would call it. That's not I would what say call more of a dressing down. He bullied the guy. Yeah. And he basically said, you think you're afraid of Moxley? If you don't get in that ring, I'll show you something to be afraid of. And that's a, that's a very watered down version of what he said. Yeah. And then he gave him a wedgie. He basically said that he was going to put him in a wood chipper, I think. Was <laughs> it actually bleeped out for like five seconds. And really? Then he, said he, would put in, he said he would put him in a bleep wood chipper. <laughs> so he was saying some words to him. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was, of course it was good, right? I mean, it's yeah. MJF, come on. And Wardlow is great. Wardlow's so funny because if you've watched any of his indie stuff or even just follow him on Instagram, he has such a big personality. And he's just, he's playing the big monster guy. One one day, he's going to be let loose, and he's going to be really, really great. You I can firmly believe it. see a little bit of his personality bleeding through in the, the later segment. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, Young Bucks and Jurassic Express versus Private Party and SCU. Uh, the winners face each other at All Out. Uh, the winner was obvious if you watch BTE because the Young Bucks... Uh, and Jurassic Express were having a little bit of a back and forth where they were the Young Bucks were being total heels to the Jurassic Express. And uh, that's, I think we all kind of expected that, right? There's no way the Young Bucks aren't going to be on this on this pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nobody, so, uh, uh, nobody wants to watch SCU versus Private Party. I'm sorry, but they just don't. <laughs> it's not a pay-per-view uh, level match. I disagree. Nothing against Private Party. Christopher Daniels is one of my favorites, and I love Frankie. So, yeah, I want to see SCU on a pay-per-view. Not versus private party. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it would be good, but it, not nearly as good as Young Bucks versus Lucha Express. That is, that's the that's the match. That's the one I want to see. You watch too uh, much what culture? It's Jurassic Express. Jurassic Express. Sorry. Yes, uh, Riley, <laughs> you're the Young Bucks fan, so tell me what you think of this match. Um, I really enjoy this match. Um, yeah. I actually, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it, and I hate to say that, but. I was ready for it to be kind of like a spot fest type of match because of private party being in there. Yeah. And you also have the young bucks too, which they always pull it off. Like they're really good at doing different spots and stuff. Um, but whenever it started off, wasn't it jumble boy and Frankie Kazarian that started it all off. Yep. Yeah. And that was so good. Like Frankie Kazarian is so good. Um, uh, Christopher, 
Angel Daniels. Daniels. The fallen Angel, Christopher <laughs> the Daniels. Fallen Angel. Yeah, he did really good. Um and Private Party was good in this match too. I think that they used them well in this match. Um yeah. everything about it to me, I really enjoyed it. Except I really thought that they would have Jurassic Express, um, one of the members get the pin, but yeah. I guess I understand uh Matt getting it just because of the stuff yeah, that's going on right now in the elite right yeah. Yeah. and when he came out they didn't even do the pose yeah right and yeah. they came out of the hill ramp did you notice that they did yeah yeah the uh they they didn't do the pose they came out they walked straight through and they left uh they did not they did not uh shake hands with jungle boy or luchasaurus they just walked right out i think yep. that we're seeing an AEW version of bullet club coming in yeah pretty soon yeah it's getting there. And there were a couple spots in this match we need to point out. There was a planted fan by the ring that had a sign that said, Hangman, drink my beer. And Matt grabbed it and ripped it up. And then poured the beer yeah. over the fan's head. Yeah. And they tagged themselves in, if I remember right, on yeah. uh, Jungle Boy at the beginning of the match. And they would not tag Jungle Boy or Luchasaurus until they absolutely had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had no interest in uh, tagging with them. Which my only complaint about them winning in this circumstance is that uh, SCU is... Uh, what I consider a, a pretty highly ranked tag team, well-respected tag team, and a private party of up-and-comers, and even though they worked well together, they still lost. So I always hate that. I complain about it in WWE, so I guess to be fair, I need to here. I don't have a problem with the with the way it turned out, but I would have, I don't know, I, that part of the story kind of irks me. Does that make sense? Yeah, if I had to choose, I probably would have had SCU versus Young Bucks. Yeah. Um, even though I love Jurassic Express, but I must say, just by watching TV, you can tell Jurassic Express is one of the most over tag teams on the roster. Oh, uh, Luchasaurus got one of the biggest pops of the night. Luchasaurus was getting chants that were interrupting the following vignette, the, uh, yeah. the the vignette afterwards. You couldn't hear what was going on because the crowd would not stop chanting for Luchasaurus. Well, to be fair, I will tell you that the following vignette, which is Jake Hager and Orange Cassidy, mm-hmm. we didn't see that live. So oh, we really? were still chanting for Luchasaurus, yeah. So I I didn't see this until I watched it on Twitter. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what's going on? There's not really a whole lot to it. Basically, Jake Hager walks into Orange Cassidy's locker room. Orange Cassidy's got his leg kicked up on a chair. Jake Hager sits on Orange Cassidy's leg, right? <laughs> and Orange Cassidy is like just got his book bag sitting there next to him. He kind of looks up, and then he takes his leg down. And then he sits his leg back on top of Jake's lap. And then Jake's saying, you know, hey, Jericho wants you there on his match tonight. And you're going to be there. And then Cassie kind of looks at him. You know, looks back down. And uh, Jake gets up. And then he, like, reaches into his backpack. And then it cut off. So we're left thinking, what does Orange Cassidy have in the bag? Hmm. It was a, It was a little weird. But, uh, I mean, it was a funny little spot for March Cassidy, but it was a little weird to have a vignette just for that, personally. Yeah. I gotcha. So, I, yeah, later on, we'll talk about it, but he did come out with a bag, and it, it did kind of make sense, even though I didn't see the, the segment, because I'm like, okay, he's out here to scout his opponent. So, I was fine with it. I had no problem with it. Uh, Tony Blanchard is with FTR in the back, and FTR says, look, Hangman, we really respect you, and we really like you. But the thing that we like even more is the fact that we're going to be tag team champions. And uh, Dax even says, winning these titles is going to add seven figures to our salary. 
That doesn't seem right. <laughs> no, I was. I was. If he would have said, you know, six figures, five definitely. If he would have said six figures, I'd be like, okay, yeah, champions make more money. I get it. But seven figures, I'm like, oh, man, that's hard to. That's a hard. Man still can't buy a lawnmower. <laughs> that's that's a hard one to swallow there, Dax. But yeah. I, I get I, it. I maybe he meant seven dollars. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Maybe he meant seven dollars. Maybe he meant seven dollars. But totally did put them over. They both had a wonderful. Uh, they both did a great job. They're always. They've always been good talkers. Uh, they're better now, in my opinion, than they were at WWE because they're not scripted. I don't know if you guys saw their WWE promos that were uh, uh, social media exclusives. They were much better because those generally aren't scripted. So, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, we get Kenny Omega coming out in a Hana Kimura shirt, which I thought was really great. Yeah. Um, it, it was a really nice way to respect it was, her. It was her birthday. Was it? Yeah. It was her 20, would have been her 23rd birthday. Mm, it's sad. And they did um, have on TV. I'm sorry, you didn't see this. So I will throw this in there. They okay. did have on TV uh, a little pop-up thing saying that uh, you could buy that shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees, and all proceeds would go to Hannah Kimura's mother. Um, oh she's wow, kind of, that's awesome! Yeah, she's got some legal fees and stuff because she's suing the reality show that uh, Hannah was on. And so yeah, all the proceeds from that shirt, which that shirt is on for sale on Pro Wrestling Tees, go to her mother. So that's really cool. Wow, that is super cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, great. That's cool. So Kenny is wearing that. Tony Schiavone is in the ring. Um, Tony asks him about Hangman. And uh, and Riley, I'm going to ask you about this. I know if, if you want to prepare, because I know you like to prepare. So Tony asks Kenny about Hangman, and Kenny says, look, everyone makes mistakes. This is something that Hangman's going to have to live with for a long time. But the reality is he's still my tag team partner. And we're going to, we have a big match coming up on Saturday. As I say that, here comes FTR with Tully. They have a cooler and they're like, hey man, I want to, uh, want to share this with you. We know you don't drink. Here's you some chocolate milk. And uh, Kenny Omega being the 12 year old kid that every, <laughs> every 12 year old kid wants to be says, and it's generally difficult for me to turn down, you know, a good set, a good little, good little bottle of chalk. But I, I, he's hilarious but I understand what's going on it's 2v1 oh no wait wait even the legendary Tully Blanchard is here it's 3v1 let's go ahead and get this over with and then FTR like start stepping up to him uh, I, I didn't like that part he, he did because... say he did say I don't want you to overpass this line he oh said, you're right keep, yes he, keep yeah. the old man away from me because I can smell his depends from here <laughs> yeah it was good he also called um uh, FTR, some, uh, he called him a hillbilly, but he said another word in front of it that I think was bleeped out on television. Like Richard. Nope, it wasn't. It what was like Richard. Yes. Richard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, was it was on. It was well, on I watched TV. on Fight. It may have been bleeped on TNT. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes, he called them a Richard Head hillbilly. <laughs> called them Richard Head hillbillies. And, uh, said, let's just go ahead and get it on. So FTR steps up to him and then Hangman comes out, comes out. Uh, Hangman, which I could not see on television, but I saw pictures online. The dude looks like he's been crying for an entire week. Yeah, he does. So His eyes... Was... Go ahead. It was a little obvious this time that it was makeup. Yeah. So last time, I think he was legitimately like, he psyched himself up backstage like an actor would and yeah. like started crying. But this was like, it looked like he hadn't slept in a week either. 
Yeah. Like he had like dark purple circles under his eyes. It looked good, but it was a lot. Yeah. So not quite yeah. as, as good as last time, but also they're trying to get it to, to come over across on TV and against a live audience. So Right. Yeah. And so he's boohooing like a baby. He's not really. He's just he's there. And uh, Dax cuts a promo and says, look, Kenny Omega, your tag team partner, is saying that we had something to do with you, of what you did to the Young Bucks. And we want to be very clear. We had nothing to do with it. You see, Kenny, you've known Hangman for four or five years. We've known Hangman his entire career. And I will tell you that Hangman has always been an insecure little boy. And the reason that he did this was on his own merit. This was everything this was all his idea. We had nothing to do with it. Of course, Hangman says nothing, but the two of the, Kenny and Hangman do kind of get in each other's face for a split second. Well, and, the, uh, I, I took it as uh-huh. the whole reason they're getting in each other's face is because Hangman wanted to attack FTR. He's mad. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if that conveyed in the live audience, but Kenny was like holding him back a couple times. Okay. Like, he was upset, especially when he first came in, uh, hearing what the, all they were saying. He was definitely not just sad. He was he was mad as well. Yeah. So okay, that makes sense. And uh, so basically, uh, FTR grabs the titles, and let's see what. Oh oh oh! Uh, Kenny Omega is he gets out of the ring right, and FTR has the titles, and they like start pretending like they're handing it to Hangman. They drop him on the floor. They turn to leave with Tully. Hangman picks up the titles and turns to his friend to hand his friend the other title. And Kenny is outside of the ring with his back turned. And Kenny never grabs a title. He just walks away. So Hangman Page is the loneliest, saddest person in all of professional wrestling right now. It all out, they should pay the licensing fee and have him come out to one as the loneliest number. <laughs> so, yeah. you also, you, you glossed over the fact that FTR called him a POS twice. They did that, yes. And neither time was bleeped on Fight TV, at least. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of people are complaining about that. Like, Tony doesn't want you to say it, but he's going to, I was like, okay, it's, it's different. Okay, it's different when 500 people are chanting it over yeah. and over and over. Every three seconds, um, yeah. But, yeah, they, they called him that, and he actually changed his Twitter handle to that, which is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't get the whole Kenny thing. I really don't. Like, he's out there defending Hangman. Hangman comes into the ring with him to defend him because FTR are, you know, ready to attack. And then Kenny turns his back on him there at the end. I don't, I don't understand that entirely. Um, I've seen some complaints about this segment. A lot of people are complaining about FTR's performance, which I didn't think was bad at all. Yeah, I don't. The only thing that I can think of is they've been walking this gray line the entire time, and they clearly were the heels right here. Clearly, yeah. it doesn't so make I, much that, sense for them to do that, especially right before the match. Right. But so I do understand that. I get it. And if this was WWE, I probably would have given them a hard time for it. But the reality is, when you make a small number of mistakes, you can get away with it. And this was a mistake, but I thought it was fine. Yeah, I still don't understand Kenny's actions. Yeah, I don't know, Riley. Do you have what do you think, Riley? Anything to say about Kenny's actions? Um, well, I'm sure off, you're on his side. I'm definitely always on his side, and <laughs> even whenever he turns, you know, this weekend into the cleaner, I'm going to be all for it. Okay, 
I'm really excited that we are going to get to see that live, too. The most disappointed Riley will ever be is if Kenny does not turn heel this Saturday. Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> so I'll be fine either way because I'm torn. Like, I want him to keep the belt, but I also want him to go into cleaner mode, Kenny. But yeah. anyways, I I don't know because I, I really should rewatch this segment um, because I didn't, I guess, catch the exchange at the end to make Kenny leave the ring. Like, I, I, I don't really understand that. But, I mean, I, I'm fine with it because I think that the end of it, like, I felt the way I needed to about it. Like, I feel like they're obviously – not on the same page, so it's going to be tougher on Saturday to get a win over FDR, who's being really intimidating and stuff and berating uh, Adam Page and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. So let's move backstage. Alex Marvez is chatting with Chris Jericho about his all-out match. And Jericho, Jericho puts over the Mimosa Mayhem match. He says he's going to destroy Drew Janela, and boy, did he. Mm. And he said he was going to put a bullet in Orange Cassidy's head. Did he say that? I don't remember that. That, that is what he said. Oh, my gosh. Correct. 100%. That's not part of the match, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a Mimosa murder match. Yeah. So, like, there are four ways to win this match. Pinfall submission, toss your opponent oh, in uh, Mimosa, or shoot them in the head. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So, I mean, if there's no rules, you'd, you'd think you'd see it by now. So, uh, Jericho versus Joey Janela is next. Uh, Joey Janela, who was the indie guy, right? Out of all the people they brought in when AEW started, Joey Janela was the indie guy. He was the guy that everyone knew that was a fan of indie wrestling. Joey Janela got murdered. This is a squash match for Chris Jericho. I don't remember... The last time I've seen a Chris Jericho squash match, I think it was when he murdered Juventud Guerrera in WCW 20 years ago. Maybe. Yeah. I think that was the last one I saw. Seriously. Interesting fact about Joey Janela. They had never watched Joey Janela wrestle whenever they signed him. Really? Legitimately, they had never seen him wrestle. They only signed him because so many people told them to, and they knew he was such a big name in the Indies. So maybe they saw him wrestle, and they were like, you know what? This is more of a squash guy. <laughs> also, can we also point out his change from pants to panties? Come on. Yeah, Riley calls I mean, tights panties for our listeners. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean that Jericho did that at one time, so I mean you can't can't fault the guy for doing that. Well, uh, Jericho just... destroyed Joe Janela though. He hit him with a code breaker. He put him in the walls of Jericho. And uh Joey, I don't know if Joey tapped out or if he He was knocked out. out. I mean he looks like yeah. he was knocked out. Yeah. Uh, Sonny Kiss came out to help Joey. Sonny Kiss got murdered. Uh, Orange Cassidy came in the ring, and Orange Cassidy originally got murdered, but he got the upper hand. He grabbed his backpack, pulled out a little bit of the bubbly, poured it out into the ring, gave the thumbs down. Orange Cassidy has the upper hand, heading into the Mimosa Mayhem match. Oh, by the way, Jericho was wearing an Orange Cassidy shirt. Uh, He busted Joey Janela open and wiped... Joey's blood on Orange Cassidy's face on the shirt. The shirt yeah, face. That was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, what do you think of this? So, I loved it, personally. Yeah? I think Jericho needed this. I really do. Um, going into it, like, after this segment, I feel like Jericho's going to win. 
because Orange Cassidy came out of the segment with the upper hand, right? So conventional thinking in wrestling writing would say that's that's the WWE conventional thinking. Yeah. Yes. But you've also got to think, okay, you're looking at this Mimosa Mayhem match. The loser gets poured in, or thrown into a vat of orange juice. Who do you think is going to be more entertaining to see thrown into a vat of orange juice? Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Right? If you throw Orange Cassidy in, he's just going to be like, oh, whatever. If you he's throw gonna, Chris Jericho in, yeah. he's going to flop and flail and scream and whine. And it's going to be hilarious. So. Wait, so who's who wins? I think Cassidy's going to win it. Just because I want to see Jericho in a bat of mimosa. Oh. Well, I was saying, okay, okay. I thought that you were saying that you thought that Jericho would win since he doesn't he doesn't have to upgrade. Conventionally, I would think that, yes, but... Okay. That okay. Would be I just wanted to make sure that the winner is the person who is not in the mimosa pit. Or correct. That is correct. Technically, okay. you can also win by pinfall or submission, but I mean, come on, guys. They're, they're not doing that. They, they got yeah. 80 gallons of mimosa there. I mean, they might, and then somebody might throw them into it afterwards. That is true. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, also... Like talking back to this match again, I've never been a huge fan of Joey Janela. I'm sure he's a great guy. I don't like his yeah. wrestling. Uh, I think he was fine in this spot. Um, I would like to see him face Jericho again, maybe, or maybe him and Sonny Kiss in a tag team match against Jericho and Sammy Guevara or JK or something. Maybe be interesting. Get a little bit of offense in. Um, but yeah, I was fine seeing Joey in this capacity because he should be a lower mid Carter. And Jericho is on the top of the card. Yeah. And he's also one of the greatest of all time. So it's it's fine for him to squash Joey Janela, in my to opinion. To be fair, a fair complaint is the fact that Alan Angels got a boatload of offense in on, against Kenny Omega like three months ago. And no one had even heard of Alan Angels at the time. Joey Janela is a moderately big name. And he got zero offense. I don't think he landed a single punch. I don't think he did either. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I to be that. fair, though, Kenny Omega was telling a story in that ring, so don't <laughs> even go there. Okay, thanks. Uh, don't, so, don't, just, don't just Kenny Omega. He, yeah, was, just... he was obviously going easy on that Angels guy, and then he decided, okay, this guy actually has some juice. And so then just, just so our listeners know, really slightly biased with Kenny Omega. I just want to point that out, just, just to get it out there. So <laughs> we, we have... Um, Sammy Guevara, who's out there with his cue cards, and as he's doing that, we see, and I don't know how, when or how this showed up on television, but Matt Hardy is standing on top of the roof, and he's like staring down as Sammy is doing all his cue cards. Looking like Sting. Yep. And eventually, he has his own cue cards. And mm-hmm. uh, they have a cue card off, and that was that. Was that. A cue I don't, card off? I, I couldn't read any of the cue cards, none of them. So I have no idea what happened in this segment. So Sandy was doing the general thing of talking about how great he is and how he's going to break Matt Hardy. And then Matt Hardy had signs that basically said, Sammy, you will be broken. It was the same shtick they've done before. Um, honestly, I was terrified that Matt Hardy was going to jump off that thing. Uh, I, I knew that he wouldn't. Like In my heart of hearts, it's like, there's no way he can jump from that and survive. It's, like, also, 15, it's like 15 uh, feet in the air, so... No, there's no way it's 15 feet in the air. That's it's way taller than that. It's like 15, like it's like three stories, which is like 30. Okay, feet. maybe. Yep. It was very tall. It's like at the top of Daly's place. I don't know how it looked live on on television. It came off as super tall. Yeah. Um, like like the beginning of the zipline for Sean Sean Michaels, like that kind of height. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, there's no way he's going to jump off. Uh, I don't know why this segment was really there, to be honest. I feel like we had enough build-up between them last week. But I guess they wanted to bring it back fresh in people's minds. But I don't know. It was kind of dumb. Like, why was Matt Hardy there? How did he even get up there? Why does he have cue cards? I don't know. Didn't play for me. Didn't dig it? No. What, what my cup of tea? And then okay. Sammy just left. Like, he didn't have a match or anything, right? That's correct. Yeah, he was just there, and then he left. So, I don't know. It was kind of out of place. He got okay. stuff, and he left. Yeah. Um, after this, we had a bunch of dudes. Yeah. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> so, Taz comes out with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, and he's like, hey, one of these guys is going to win the Casino Battle Royal. And then Jake Roberts says, actually... Lance Archer is going to win. You interrupted me last week, so I'm going to interrupt you this week. And he said, I don't remember the exact line, but he, do you remember the line, Micah? Go, go for it. Yeah, this, uh, Can I say that? Can I say yeah, that? Close, uh, close the little one's ears for just a quick second. I need you to give the line that Jake Roberts gave on live television. Oh, wait, um, can we, can we preface it though with what he started off saying? Yeah, go, go for it. Okay. So he was saying um, something about, all these squirrels are trying to get a nut. Yep. And then he said, and then he said, he said, Taz, you're not going to bust a nut in my ring. <laughs> or something that, like that. That's exactly what he said. Oh my God. Yep. <laughs> so that's, mm. I don't think that he realized what he was saying as he was saying it. I don't know, man. Jake Roberts is Jake Roberts. I think he <laughs> might've known exactly what he was saying. But it doesn't make sense in the context. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it does, I think he probably has all of that stuff. I feel like and it was just Jake something. Roberts was backstage talking to Dustin Rose, and Dustin Rose is like, "I guarantee you can't get busted nut in a promo." <laughs> and then Jake Roberts like, "Oh, really? Watch me, pal." And he goes out there, and he said it. I have a feeling that he was popping somebody else in the back with that comment. That's the best. It was a, I thought it was just like a Freudian slip or something, you know, like oh he's just, he's just thinking about it all the time. And then it just comes up in conversation with squirrels and nuts. And then and there it goes. Mm. Uh, Eddie Kingston comes out with his band of goons. That is the Lucha Brothers and the other two. Really? So let's be real here, guys. The Lucha Brothers and the other two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing against the Butcher and the Blade, but come on. When you're talking star power, out of the four of those guys, who, who are the stars here? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Eddie Kingston and his goons are out there. Uh, Eddie Kingston says that he is tougher than than uh, Lance Archer, and I don't know a lot about Eddie Kingston. I have I don't think I've ever seen any of his independent stuff. Uh, people in the know say that he might be the only person in AEW that's actually tougher than John Moxley. So uh, when he says he's tougher than Lance Archer, I'm I'm going to buy it. I am. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I wouldn't uh, be surprised by that at all because backstage and from interviews, Lance Archer seems like a giant teddy bear. <laughs> and from his a, Instagram. Yeah. yeah, he's supposedly a really nice guy. So uh all that really matters here is that a bunch of people came out, including wrestlers from the that were in the uh fan area. There was I a assume. legit child out there. Like I don't know where he came from, but the dude had to be like seventeen years old. Yeah. Isn't he the guy that ripped his shirt? I couldn't tell. Like I just saw him getting thrown out, I think, by Lance Archer. Yeah. So I am pretty sure that all those guys will also be in the Battle Royale to uh, get that one number. No, I hope not. Yeah. Uh, but Santana Ortiz, best friends were out there. Darby Allen actually got music when he came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's lots weird. of... Yeah, that weird. Yeah, that was very WWE. 
but lots of big names for this casino battle royale. So this segment, how now live, it lasted forever. But I think they wrestled through a commercial. So tell me yeah, how it was. It was through a commercial break. They had probably, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds of actually brawling before they went to a commercial break. But they did continue the brawl like on video and picture in picture throughout okay. almost the entire commercial break. Uh, Proud and Powerful came out. They had music as well. Yeah. Um, that's, so I guess they're going to be in the Casino Battle Royale we as well. We missed a spot. What did we miss? Okay, so whenever Eddie Kingston, and tell me if I'm wrong, y'all might have mentioned it, and I might have just zoned out, but um, Eddie Kingston was uh, talking to Lance Archer and everybody in the ring, and then Sean Spears comes out with Telly Blanchard. That's right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And and Sean Spears is like looking, and then Eddie Kingston's staring at him like, "What's he doing out here?" And then Taz was like, "All right, make your point, make your point." And I don't know if it was because he needed to hurry up or something. I think it was. I really. Yeah. Think it was. I, th- I think Taz was trying to trying to tell him, "Okay, don't pay attention to him. Like you need to keep talking because yeah. we're on a time limit schedule." Yeah. You know? Tully so. and uh, Sean Spears were amazing too because they like walked over to the uh, to the announce booth. And while everyone else was brawling, like, Sean just chilled. Then he got in the ring, beat up someone for, like, 30 seconds, and he left. And everyone else kept fighting. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Eddie Kingston uh, was really good on the mic during this segment as well. Uh, he had a good shot against Ricky Starks. He was like, man, I don't know if I need to take you out on a date or beat you. Yeah. <laughs> and also, he was saying that uh, Brian Cage is muscle for looks, which I thought was pretty good. little observation yeah yeah Um, i I like eddie kingston i really do i'm also was really glad i was glad to see sean spears too yeah Um, i really like sean spears because i've I've missed i've missed seeing him out there and um i I thought that was really cool if you watch dark he's wrestled like every week on dark it seems like no but he deserves like so much more on dynamite Yeah. yeah if you if you exclude judas uh sean spears is the best music in aew hands down he does have good yeah, music I really too. like his music. So but good. I also like Kenny Omega's music. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's only because. <laughs> the music. So we no. get a uh, we get a hype vignette after this, which actually for the live crowd started as people were like leaving the ring. So uh, it's featuring the Dark Order, which is uh, the A Team: Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Stu Grayson, and Evil Uno. Not the Jobber Team. Uh, and they're hype- there's a vignette hyping their match against Scorpio Sky, QT Marshall, Dustin Rhodes, and Zach Matt Cardona Ryder. Um, some pretty cool lines in here. Matt, Matt Cardona says, uh, tells Brody Lee, oh, some old out-of-touch man didn't believe in you. Well, get in line, buddy. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Sure. Uh, QT Marshall put himself over. He's awesome. Uh, this segment was, was good. I dug it. I'll be honest with you, I don't remember this vignette at all, and I'm wondering if we even got it. Yeah, I was about to say, I think really? I remember QT talking, but I didn't remember the first part that you were just talking about. Yeah, I don't remember Matt Cardona saying anything. I may be completely missing it. Yeah. Yeah. They It was a pretty long thing. I don't know. Did, you ever, right watch before... the, did you ever watch The Road to All Out? No. Well, okay, I wasn't sure if the QT uh, segment was the same as his Road to All Out Maybe. segment. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so we move past that, which may or may not have been on television. Sorry, guys. Uh, and we get Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb, for those of you that have been watching wrestling for a long time, if you remember the Straight Edge Society, Mr. CM Punk had two notable people sit under him. One of them was Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson's current tag team partner. And the other one was a lady that shaved her head. 
That no. lady is Serena Deeb. <laughs> no, I did not know that. Um, yep. She was very impressive. Yeah. She is only 34. She's been around forever. Uh, and she actually was part of the WWE uh, furloughs or firings, whatever you want to call them, from back in April. Uh, before that, she trained at the NXT Training Center. Uh, she's very good. She's very solid. Yeah, they, should have her, they should have her come in and squash Mel. <laughs> that would be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, what did y'all think of this match? How did it show up on TV? Uh, I thought this was the best match of the night other than the eight-man tag. Yeah. Uh, which I did like, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. I don't usually like eight-man tags, but I did like yeah. that one. Um, yeah, this match came off very good. It was a very technically like sound match. And it really, it did what it needed to do. It got a lot of uh, traction going for Thunder Rosa. Uh, I feel like maybe she shouldn't have struggled so much coming in trying to make a name for herself, but it made a good match. Yeah. So I can't complain too much about that. But yeah, it was a really good match. And JR said it's one of the best women's matches he's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> oh my gosh. What'd you think, I Riley? Um, I, I enjoyed it. I just, I agree with JR on this yeah. one. <laughs> it's one of the best women's matches he's ever seen. Good job, Jared. Well, yeah, out of the out of the women's matches that we have to choose from, but um, yeah. there's I, a lot of good women's matches in WWE, though. Yeah, that's well, one was, thing they have over AEW. Yeah. Oh, I was I was thinking that he was talking about AEW's women division. I'm I, sure he is. But yeah. um, there's like three to choose from, so yeah. that's that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about any other promotion. Okay. I'm just yeah. talking about AEW. So, anyways, I really um, enjoyed this match. I agree with Micah about the whole struggling at first. Like, I was kind like I. I don't even know if I told you whenever I was watching it, but I mm. thought that whenever I was watching, it, I was like, okay, why? I thought this chick was supposed to be some strong person. Like, why is she struggling so much? But then uh, she came out with a win. But I thought that the other girl came out really strong too. Yeah, um, got right? Yeah, weird matchup. Okay. For like a match coming into the championship match at All Out, but I mean, I really liked it, and I really like women's matches that just like I don't know that contact just looks a lot stronger. I, I can't it looks they're actually it. hitting each other. Yeah, like there, it, it looks it looks so good, like comes across well on TV. I don't know. It's just there was a spot where Serena Deeb was in the Tree of Woe, which for those of you who don't know, that's when a competitor is in, on the turnbuckle and their legs are over the top and they're hanging upside down. Uh, and Thunder Rosa drop kicked her in the stomach. From where I was sitting, we saw this from the side. She drop kicked her so hard that her back slammed into the turnbuckle. That was one hundred percent stiff. Yeah. And oh my gosh, like that had to have hurt. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this match was good though. I enjoyed it. It came off well live as well, and I am very much looking forward to Thunder Rosa versus Hikaru Shida. So, gonna be I great. Am- Moxley's backstage, he cuts a great promo, he makes fun of MGF, he makes fun of Mark Sterling, and he says he's going to murder MGF. So there you go. I believe him. Yeah. Uh, Tony Schiavone versus, uh, versus, oh my gosh. Tony Tony Schiavone versus JR. WrestleMania 35. Outside of the ring with Big Swole, right? Uh, And he's cutting a promo on her, and then some fool comes up and she's like, hey, uh, Tony, I heard you you ordered a pepperoni. And he's like, I didn't, what are you talking about? I'm trying to conduct an interview. And she's like, well, you know, someone sent you this pizza. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, lady. Go away. He doesn't say it that way, of course, because Tony is a gentleman. But uh, as he's yelling at her, 
Britt Baker comes up from behind Big Swole and whacks her with a crutch. They beat her up. Uh, the pizza girl is Rebel, Reba, whatever you want to call her. Uh, Rebel and Britt Baker toss pizza all over Big Swole, which if you go by Daily's Place prices, that pizza was probably about 50 bucks. <laughs> oh, it's a waste of 50 bucks. Yeah. And uh, I was disappointed. I definitely wanted a slice. And uh, they beat her up, and then they leave. And that was the whole segment. It was it really was... gross that she shoved her face into the pizza. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it made my face feel strange. Juicy. Yeah? <laughs> Didn't like it at all. Not I think Britt Baker did do her like cross... I don't know what it's called. She did. Yeah, the lock she jaw. Did. Yeah, the lock jaw. Yeah, I couldn't see it from where we were sitting, um, but I did see a picture of it, so I assumed... Yeah. So yeah, they're sitting up their tooth and nail match, which will be uh, a uh, cinematic. cinematic. Thank you very much. A cinematic match on the pre-show or the buy-in. That's uh, we'll what talk I was a little thinking bit. because yeah. they were they were saying that it was going to be at, uh, at, at Britt Baker's job. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, that makes sense. Which is in Orlando, so I uh, I'm actually I'm I'm excited for it, and we'll talk a little bit more about how how we think about it being on the pre-show here shortly. Uh, but first, Moxley versus Mark. John Moxley versus Mark Sterling. Moxley came from the side this time, probably because that doofus that we talked about earlier. <laughs> That's the movie. first thing I, said, I told yeah. him. Like, well, he learned his lesson, didn't he? <laughs> Wait, yeah, like guys are trying to give him high fives. Come on, it's the COVID yeah, era. You can't do that. trying to talk to touch Moxley while he's coming through the crowd. Yeah, uh, so yeah, he, he, yeah, he came from the side this time. Uh, this match, I was surprised, just to be completely honest with you. I was surprised that it was the main event. I really was. Uh, Moxley played a bully here, uh, which usually is kind of a bummer when a face plays a bully, but it came off really well. He's playing a lawyer, though. Nobody cares about lawyers. Yeah, According to JR. Yeah, JR, JR was roasting lawyers the entire time. He must have had a bad <laughs> divorce or something like that. <laughs> Because he was uh, like, man, don't you just wish you could do that to a lawyer? Man, that just make you feel good seeing a lawyer get beat up. And like, JR, what did a lawyer do to you? And then they said something about, um, oh, well, you shouldn't have ever become a lawyer. Like, I don't know, just some wow. weird dad like that. Like, Mark Sterling was wearing like this weird red, white, and blue muscle suit that had MGF 2020 on it. Uh, I actually thought this was a nice touch because Mark Sterling is actually a pretty ripped dude. He's not gigantic, but he is an actual professional wrestler yeah. uh, who is very much in shape. So putting him in this baggy, weird suit thing uh, hid it the looked, fact that he's also a big dude. It looked like it was padded like everywhere, and not like places that wrestlers pad. Like they were padding on like his triceps and yep. his biceps, and it looked like something Michael Cole would wear to wrestle in. It was, it was yeah. really funny. Uh, I think it worked I out pretty well. I saw someone say this was the Jim Cornette special, that Jim Cornette wrestled in something like this. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember that, but hey. I could see him doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's not really much to talk about this match. Uh, Moxie bullied him. He tossed him out of the ring. Wardlow was very flabbergasted, uh, very frustrated that he actually had to you know, make Mark Sterling get back in the ring. Yeah. Uh, he looked very irritated with him. It was really nice to see that part of his personality come out when he just rolls his eyes and you have this giant man just irritated at this little dork. It's like he's having to watch like his boss's middle school child. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> what happened. Uh, so Mox basically just kind of toyed with him the entire time. Uh, Mark Sterling got one bit of offense in when he poked Mox in the eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, Mox just bullied him for a while and then hit the double arm DDT, the paradigm shift. 
I will and, say that uh, the paradigm shift in him was so high, it looked like a suplex. Oh, yeah. It was nuts. It was, it was a real rough one. Yeah. Uh, so then we go to, after the match is over, Wardlow immediately gets into the ring, hits him with two F10s. Two of them. And then MGF comes out very slowly because Mox is dead in the ring as Wardlow's standing over him. MGF tosses the walker to the side, rips off his neck brace. He starts slowly taking off his uh, uh, like cufflinks and everything. And he's wearing his wife beater in his pants. And he absolutely murders John Moxley. He gets above him. He hits, Wardlow holds him. He hits him with a dynamite di- diamond ring. Bloodies him up. And now you get this visual of a murderous MGF, which is not the MGF that we thought we would see. We thought we'd see a cowardly heel. Yeah. A murderous MGF after Wardlow has already done the, the deed, already taken Mox out. He, st- he stands over Mox. He's yelling at him. He's punching him in the head. He grabs the title. He holds the title high in the air. As Wardlow stands there looking like a monster, side-eyeing that title. Mm-hmm. It was great. This whole segment was perfect. I really like this segment. Two things of note. Number one, MJF ripped his pants. Did he really? Uh, I didn't see that. He ripped the front of his pants. While he's on full guard on John Moxley, he said one of two things when he were like, right, right after he busted him open, he either said, go effing nuts, or I can see your effing nuts. <laughs> I don't know which one it was he said. Um, but it was after that that MGF started like legit like shoot hitting him. So I think it was probably the first one, but I like to think it was the second one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really like the segment. I saw some hatred for this segment. I don't understand why. I think it really built MJF. I do too. To, to another level. So I don't know. I liked it. We'll I thought see. it was cringy whenever he put blood on his face. Really? I, I I saw it as MJF being like, oh, is this what you want a champion? This is what I can be. Well, I mean, I yeah. get it. I mean, I understand it. And I it got, I got the point. You, but you thought it I was just, gross. I didn't like it. I mm-hmm. don't like, whenever wrestlers, okay, so this happened earlier with the Orange Cassidy uh, thing, whenever Jericho put, put the blood, Joey Denell's blood, blood, on blood on his chest, and then he took his shirt off, and then you could still see the blood on his chest, like it went through his shirt. It's disgusting to me. It's somebody else's blood. But that's because I, well, like, no I don't Bob care. In this situation, I don't so. mind gore and all that stuff, but it was just a little bit gross, especially around the mouth area. Yeah, <laughs> back in the WWE, Undertaker wrestled a match against Bob Orton, which is Randy Orton's dad. They did not tell him that he had hepatitis C during the match, and uh, Undertaker almost quit after that. Do you remember that story, Matthew? I do. Yeah, I might have quit. That's a pretty big deal. Undertaker, like legitimately, like he said that's like the only time he almost quit. Yeah. So they knew. They didn't do it. They didn't tell him. I was so mad. Uh, anyways, yeah, I can understand why you don't like the blood stuff. It's a little gross. I that never it's said real I blood. didn't like it. It's just a little bit cringy. Yeah. You get it. <laughs> okay. So let's uh let's raid this rate this episode of AEW Dynamite. Uh Rally, I'll let you go last. Micah, why don't you start us off? So I've I've saw some complaints about this show. Um, it seems to kind of be a mixed bag from people's perspectives. A lot of people thought there wasn't enough wrestling. Um, Tony Schiavone actually responded, or Tony Schiavone, Tony Khan actually responded to that. And uh, he said that he didn't want to load this this episode up with matches because he believes 
that All Out is going to have some of the best wrestling matches of the year, which I could see. Um, we yeah. only had, like, what, two good matches for the show? We normally get, what, five? So we had the eight-man tag. Eight-man tag and the women's match is what I'm considering good matches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Chucky e. T and Trent versus Santana? Oh, that's Martin? right. That was a good match, yeah. yeah. That was a solid a match. A lot of people didn't like it, and those people were silly. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, yeah, I, I think... I think it was an average show, yep. but since it was a go-home show, a lot of people were probably expecting more. But I think it did what it needed to do. It, it, it t- tied up all the loose ends. Uh, it built up who they needed to build up one final time. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go with last week and say it's a, probably a B-minus again. Okay. See, I'm totally biased because I was there, right? Yeah. So in the moment, I'm like, this is an a plus show i've loved every second of this i'm having so much fun um and i don't want to back down from that so i'm going to give it an a even though if i would have watched it on tv same as last week which i don't think i mentioned last week i don't think i would have given it an a i really don't but the fact that i was there it it even the segments that weren't great like jericho and janella or the the big casino battle royale thing i ate that up I absolutely loved every single second of it. And if I was watching it on TV, I'm not sure I would have. So uh, I'm going to give it an A, but that's from my, I was there live perspective. Uh, so we'll we'll see how we all rate all out on Saturday after after watching it. A plus is across the board. Probably. Riley, <laughs> go ahead. Um, I'm actually going to grade this one an A minus. And it's mainly because that, uh preview of the battle royale thing yeah i just didn't like that at all like i honestly probably didn't even pay attention to it um that much after like the first 10 minutes of it (laughs) i mean if you see three seconds of it you've seen the whole thing so yeah Yeah. so it was just that was kind of aggravating um also jr's commentary was just i don't know like it was on it was like funny i don't think I don't know. I can't explain it. A little, little old man cringe. Yeah, a little bit cringy. Um, but Excalibur was there, so that was good. Um, yeah, you know what? I get a B because Excalibur was there. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> That's an um, upgrade. But anyways, I really liked most of the matches. It was just a couple of things that just kind of gave it a little bit less of an A. So, yeah. Okay. All right. I get that. So let's uh, let's talk about All Out. But before we do... Take a quick break. We'll pay some bills. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Hello out there, all you filthy animals. This is Aya Frick, and you're listening to Wrestle Life Radio. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. Thank you for hanging out with us. I am here with Riley and Micah and B-Dubs. Ta-da! She's here. She was uh, murking some fools in some Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but she's back here. She's here now. Yeah, what's up? I'm learning how to do arm bars. <laughs> I'm so excited, y'all. We're going to see her on AEW Dark in three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. Her versus Tay Conti in an actual Brazilian jiu-jitsu match. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, give me about five and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> to even be able to be like, yes, I can do this one move now. <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about All Out. Let's do it. And we're going to go through the matches. We're going to do some predictions. We're going to talk a little bit about the storylines. 
Um, Big Swole versus Britt Baker. A lot of people have really complained that this match is on the pre-show. But let me tell you politely why those people are incorrect. This is the first pay-per-view back and the third show back with fans. They do not want to do a cinematic match with fans sitting in Daly's place watching on a big screen. Mm -hmm. That is a buzzkill for the people that are finally able to come back. Also, apparently Britt Baker is still not 100%, and if they put this in a cinematic match, they can be a lot more careful. They can reshoot any mistakes. This is a good idea. Do you guys agree? I agree totally. Me too. That was my first thought when you said it was going to be a cinematic match was, oh no, we're going to be sitting there watching a movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to, in, in 95 degrees and 70% humidity, that doesn't sound like fun. No. So, yeah. Yeah. Smart idea. Um. So, well, predictions, Micah. Mm-hmm. Dr. Britt Baker or Mrs. Cedric Alexander? Big Swole. I think Britt's going to win. Maybe. She's, got her, she's got the home turf advantage being in a uh-huh. dentist office. Um, I I think Britt's the bigger star out of the two. Yes. Uh, but the only thing that would lead me towards Swole is the fact that Britt's still not 100%. Maybe they have her lose and take a couple more weeks off. Okay. But uh, I could see her winning and then just gloating for the next few weeks. Yes. Uh, I, I would go with Britt. B-dubs? I will go Big Swole, mm-hmm. actually, because I am I'm becoming a Big Swole mark lately. Yeah. I really like her. I really do. She's grown on me. Great music, too. So, yes, yeah. I love her music. It's very Mass Effect-y yeah. for you Mass Effect fans. Mm-hmm. Um, true. And that may be a lot of it. I might, like, she comes out, and I'm just like, ah, cool music. And yeah. then I get get good vibes. It's amazing how much the music can make or break somebody. It does. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Keith I like her. Yeah, exactly. That's about how I was thinking. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so you're picking Swole. Micah picks Dr. Britt Baker. Rybug, Big Swole or Britt Baker, baby? Okay, so I'm going to go with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Okay. Um, not because I like her better, because I like both of them the same, I think. And I'm with you, Carol, on her music. Every time her music comes out, I stand up, and I'm like pointing to my bicep like, Swole. i like her music so anyways um i'm gonna pick her just because i feel like that's where it's going to go and i'm trying Mm. to win the predictions so yes there you go okay i'm also gonna pick dr brick baker here um i think that she will beat big swole by some nefarious means and i think the storyline will continue and they will get a big match on some bash at the beach ish yeah. Uh, free big show on television. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Britt Baker is favored, by the way, on the betting websites. Just an FYI. Mm. Match numero two, we have Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a broken rules match. Now, the understanding... What's that face for, honey? I don't know who to pick. <laughs> the <laughs> understanding here is... A Broken Rules match is a last man standing match. Uh, And if Matt Hardy loses, he must leave AEW. Uh, So you would think Matt Hardy wins. If this is WWE, Matt Hardy wins, right? It's the way it works. You go, what a dumb, stupid, 
Uh, um, no, actually, gimmick. if this were WWE, Matt Hardy loses and then come back next week. Yes, that's true. <laughs> you say, what a dumb gimmick. Obviously, we know who the winner is going to be here. Uh, I'm not sure, though. Part of me thinks Sammy's going to win and Matt Hardy is can no longer be have an in-ring career. Uh, and, of course, that'll change in six months when he's totally broken again. Uh, but I do think Matt Hardy is taking the win on this one. I don't know that. I'm not positive, you know, but I, I'm going I'm to go with Matt Hardy here. Uh, Riley. Oh, gosh. Micah. So, <laughs> I do think that I'm going to win this match, but being honest, um, I like your prediction. Uh, but, no, I would say I'm leaning towards Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. And not just because the loser leaves town, because I can totally see Matt Hardy rolling that into, well, he beat Matthew Hardy. So now Matthew Hardy's not there, but Broken Matt is back. And right. I can see him rolling into something like that. Or even I can see him rolling into a more backstage position, which is honestly where he's most used, I think, right now. Yeah. He can still go, but, I mean, there's so much talent on the roster. He's not needed yeah. on the roster as an in-ring performer. His character's great. His mind is great. But his body is just not holding up as well anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think this would be a fun little match. I think that Matt Hardy's going to come out on top. And uh, I think we're going to see Broken Matt Hardy back for this match as well. I I do believe that as well. Riley? <laughs> okay, so now that I've had adequate amount of time to think about sure. the answer, um, I'm going to go with... Uh, Matt Hardy, and it's not because you guys chose him, um, but I was just thinking about it. Matt Hardy lost the last one, mm-hmm. and I think he'll come out as a different gimmick in this one, and I think that um, it's going to be – I hope that it's going to be a really good match, um, but I'm pretty sure Matt Hardy's just going to win, and Samuel Guevara is still going to look good. So I just had a thought. Okay. What if he comes out as Matt Hardy, right? Sammy hits him over the head with a chair again, and all of a sudden that's what triggers the broken Matt Hardy coming back? Because they've been teasing that on BTE. He's been having some head trauma issues, and he's been yeah. going between his gimmicks. Yeah. So maybe at some point Sammy hits him with like an unprotected chair shot of the head, or what appears to at least to be an unprotected chair shot of the head. He comes back as broken Matt and beats him. That would be pretty cool. Okay. I do agree with you. B-dubs. Uh, Micah. <laughs> I've already given I'm, my opinion twice. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't want anyone to lose this match. I'm just going to pick Sammy because everyone else didn't. So. Okay. Yes, I choose Sammy. Okay. Uh, Riley, I'm going to let you start the next one because I think this one will be very easy for you. Uh, Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks. Okay. Nothing's easy for her. <laughs> as soon as you said it was going to be easy, I thought, oh, yeah, the Young Bucks are going to win it. Oh, yeah. But then I was like, but what if they want to put Jurassic Express over? But then they're also having this heel. T- I think, okay, so I'm going to go with the Young Bucks just because of the storyline right now. Uh, I think it was if it was in any other situation, I think they would put Jurassic Express over. But with the storyline, I'm going to go with the Young Bucks. Okay. I think the Young Bucks is the right answer, but <laughs> I have to go with my boys. You you keep voting with your heart. I your can't help it. <laughs> I can't. It's where I'm at emotionally right now. Okay. Um, it has to be Jurassic Express. I have to. I'm sorry. Okay, Micah. Man, 
so I'm actually kind of torn on this, and you may think that's crazy. Mm-hmm. My my thinking is okay. They're gonna push Young Bucks versus FTR until Full Gear. What's gonna happen? But I think FTR is gonna win the titles this night. So if the Bucks win, that's pushing them further towards the number one contender spot. Yeah. They they're gonna have to face them at some point, right? I mean, they yeah. can't push it out to full gear, which is what three months from now, probably. Right. I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Jurassic Express might pull off an upset. Yeah, I think that is a very fair thing to do. Um, I think that there's a 100 percent chance Luchasaurus hits a Canadian destroyer in this match. <laughs> uh, if you've been watching BTE, you'll get yeah. the reference. Um, man, I'm really torn on this one too, and I, I thought about the same thing. The, if conventional wisdom says Young Bucks, right? But you can't have the Young Bucks win here and then go wrestle FTR. Just can't do it. That's not a free match. That is a pay per view match. Um, and I guess Young Bucks could technically win here and then, you know, lose to someone else. But I just I don't see it happening. Or they the number have, three. They could have Hangman and Kenny keep the titles and drop them to the Young Bucks again. I don't know another match with the Young Bucks, but yeah. I, I don't know. There's there's a bunch of ways they could go with it, but yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm going Jurassic Express too. I'm gonna yeah. do it. Oh yeah. Uh, the Dark Order versus Scorpio Sky, Matt Cardona, and the Natural Nightmares. Um, I'll start here, and I'm going to go with the A-team of the Dark Order, which is, as we mentioned earlier, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Brody Lee. Uh, Dark Order is 100% winning. Brody Lee is going to look like even more of a monster. Uh, and Colt Cabana is going to probably score the pinfall after Brody Lee allows him to do so. Yep. Uh, either that or he looks very strong in this match. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Micah? I have the exact same opinion as you, so I won't add anything to it. Okay. Easy peasy. Riley? Um, same. I'm going with the Dark Order. Uh, they're so over right now. Well, with especially with BTE fans. Uh, okay. And I want to see Colt Cabana's story. What's the over and under they come out on lawnmowers? <laughs> uh, uh, I, don't, I don't think so. My opinion is boo- the Dark Order, but I like Colt Cabana, so I will pick the Dark Order. Okay. The Dark Order. The Dark Order is Dark Order. It's the okay. Dark Order. Is it the? Yeah. Is it yeah. Going the Dark Order? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Thunder Rosa versus Hikaru Shida. Shida. B-dubs. You Shida. Just... Shida. Yeah? Yeah. I like Thunder Rosa a lot, but I'm, I'm going to pick Shida. Riley? Um, I'm going to also pick Shida. Okay. Yeah, I think it's the easiest one on the card. It's 100% going to be Sheeta. Yeah. It has to be, right? Because the NWA champion isn't going to be the AEW champion inside an AEW ring. Yeah. The AEW title is not some unification thing. Yeah. No way. Not unless they bought out the NWA and signed Thunder Rosa. Would that happen? Yeah. And that has not happened unless it's super secretive. Um, I'm also going to pick Sheeta. We all pick Sheeta here. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in a Mimosa Mayhem match. Uh, I'm going to let you start with this one, Micah. Man, I don't know. I'm really torn on this one. Uh, this is one of the harder ones for me. So, like I said earlier, Orange Cassidy came out with the upper hand in that last segment. Uh huh. Which conventional wisdom would say, hey, that means he's going to lose. But 
Jericho's got to get thrown into the vet. I mean, either he's getting, <laughs> either I could see maybe Jericho pinning Orange Cassidy and Orange Cassidy going crazy and throwing him into the orange juice, but I don't think they're going to have this match and not have it end in the orange juice. And like, you're not going to get a reaction throwing Orange Cassidy into a vat of orange juice. If you did, it wouldn't be genuine. I want to see Chris Jericho covered in mimosa. Or, man, even if they, like, somehow got Jake Hager in there, that would be great. Uh, I'm going to say Orange Cassidy is going to get the win. I think Best Friends and Proud and Powerful are probably going to get involved, too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I think Orange Cassidy gets the win here. Jericho, yeah. It has to. It has to happen. Someone, they're not filling up a giant pool with (laughs) orange juice and bubbly and not using it. It's not happening. So I think that Orange Cassidy is tossing Chris Jericho in that uh, little bit of the orange bubbly, and uh, he's getting the win. B-dubs? I will go on record that I would typically root for Chris Jericho, Um, but the outcome is definitely Jericho in the orange juice. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be orange. Yeah. Riley? I see what you guys are saying. (laughs) But... I am going to go with Chris Jericho getting the win, um, yeah. but he is going to end up in the orange juice okay. pain mixture somehow. And I really can't tell you, like, whenever you guys are saying, okay, so uh, orange is going to toss him in there. Like, I can't even picture that, to be honest with you. I can't, okay. I can't even picture, like, like, best friends coming out and doing that. Like with him, I don't know why. I just can't picture it. Um, okay. So I don't know how he's going to end up in there, but I don't think it's going to be him losing with him going in there. I think it's going to be after the match or something. So that is my answer. Chris Jericho. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're wrong, but it's okay because we love you anyway, Riley. I want to change. No, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. Okay, because I will be there on Saturday night <laughs> next week, guys, and whenever he wins. I will look at you and be like, oh, see? Okay. And y'all uh, honey, you want to so change sad. your answer? No. But I'm wearing my Chris <laughs> Jericho shirt on Saturday night. But we're not going to tell him that I didn't pick him. <laughs> Don't tell. Okay, Casino Battle Royale. Uh, and this is, because I, I think we should leave the other two matches, because they're the, the co-main events in my opinion. Uh, the Casino Battle Royale is 21 men, and who's going to win? They get a a shot at uh, either John Moxley or MJF. Um, I kind of hate that this is before the world title match because I think if a face wins this match, that means MJF wins the title. I think if a heel wins this match, that means Mox wins the title. I just do. Well, not necessarily. Not always, but that's usually I how I enjoy it works. a good heel versus heel feud. Yeah, Maybe. Um, so let's talk about who's going to win this. And I'm just going to give you guys the betting favorites, the, the top five betting favorites, okay? Okay. Uh, tied for number five is Pentagon Jr. and Ricky Starks. Number four is Brian Cage. Number three is Eddie Kingston. Number two is Lance Archer. And number one is Darby Allen. Why is he uh, number one? He's already had like three matches against Moxley. Yeah. Darby Allen is the probably the biggest star and that's that's probably why of this list um rally i'm gonna let you go last because you. You know, there's a lot of people here uh michael <laughs> you have actually beat up do you have an answer yeah i don't 
I'm just gonna pick somebody. I because if you guys give your arguments, I'll be swayed. I'll be like, okay. yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so my 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 gut, gut answer is Brian Cage. Okay, that's my answer. Okay, uh, Micah. Uh, my gut answer is Eddie Kingston. Really? I want Eddie Kingston versus Moxley in my veins. That would be such a good match. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking Eddie Kingston. And I'm thinking, if it's not Eddie Kingston, I think they might pull a surprise. And uh, I think we might see Sean Spears. And I think this might lead into the Four Horsemen. Yeah. We will see. But I'm really thinking it's going to be Eddie Kingston. So okay, uh, I would absolutely love Eddie Kingston versus um, versus John Moxley. I'm gonna go with Lance Archer, uh, but part of me thinks, well, he would be a really good match versus Mox for the next pay per view. So I don't know, but just conventional wisdom says that Lance Archer, this man who has just murked everyone and destroyed everyone, other than one man, mm-hmm. and that's Cody, who happened to book the match. Preach yeah. it. Yeah. He <laughs> absolutely destroyed everybody. Also, they had an amazing match in New Japan. So I think they want this on US television. I'm gonna go with Lance Archer. Riley. Okay. So it's so funny because Micah said exactly what I was thinking. My gut is Eddie Kingston. Really? Yes. And I was also thinking Sean Spears would be nice too. Okay, you can so, only pick one. Because I know that <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Eddie Kingston. I okay. just think that it's funny, like they brought Sean Spears out at that moment, kind of like mm. like so nonchalant about it. Like, okay, he's coming out, and he's in yeah. that. So let's let's think about him, and maybe he sneaks up and he actually wins it. But yeah, I'm thinking Eddie Kingston. I don't really know if I I I really want him against Moxley. So, um. I just, I don't know if I'd want him against MJF. Yeah. But yeah. Eddie I want to point out that Darby Allen is the favorite. I think there's a 0% chance Darby Allen wins this match. There's no way. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand why he's the favorite. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Ricky Starks is definitely going to cost him the match. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, really strange. Uh, also, Lance Archer versus Brian Cage, it looks like they're heading there. So, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's someone that's not on this list. Maybe it's someone that isn't even on the roster yet. Well, if you look, big men generally don't win battle royales. Yeah, I mean, like Kane is known for all his eliminations, Kevin Nash, and and, and the likes of them, but they never really won. Well, Brian Cage won the uh, the last one. True, it wasn't the battle royale, but it was that ladder match, the casino. He's a ladder different match. type of big man. He's not a tall man. He's a wide man. Didn't he? Yeah, win that's that true. Match? <laughs> Didn't he win that match to? Face mocks. Yeah, he did. And he lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I think he's not going to win this one. Yeah, but they have, they made it pretty clear that wasn't the end of the feud. So I, I think it's possible. I think it's, I don't, I don't like his chances, but I do think it's possible. So, uh, okay. Our two main events. Uh, the match that I'm looking forward to the most is Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus mm-hmm. FTR. Uh, for two reasons. One, I think that the Hangman storyline is one of the best storylines ever. Like, legitimately. It's just so good. Uh, and FTR is my second favorite tag team in the world. So, I this match is going to be amazing. And if it's anything less than amazing, I'm going to be wildly disappointed. I don't think it's fair if to say they have to live up to the Young Bucks versus Hangman and Kenny Omega. Because that was 
arguably the greatest tag team match of all time. But this match better be five stars, because if it's not, it will be a disappointment by a lot of people, including myself. Um, so I'm sorry, Mike, go ahead. Uh, so actually I listened to Tony Khan's interview on AEW Unrestricted today. Okay. And they were mentioning that, how it's having to live up to the hype from Revolution. And Tony Khan himself was like, look, this should be a really good match. And if it's not, people will severely be disappointed, including myself. He was like, but you can't put it against the best tag team match of all time. <laughs> He's yeah. like, it's, that's a big, uh, big thing to put it up against. So I, I agree there. Uh, it's, it's gotta be FTR though. It's gotta yep. be. If it's not FTR, the Bucks are taking the titles off of them, and yeah, it's got to be FTR, though. I'm so looking forward to it. It's one of those things where I think most people are expecting it, and it's just one of those things where it's the right decision. Yeah. It really is. Uh, put the titles on FTR, have them hold it until the next pay-per-view where they wrestle the Young Bucks, uh, and I don't care who wins that match, but it's going to yeah. be good. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm also going to pick FTR. I think that it's, I think that it's a 90% chance they win this match, maybe even more so. But I wouldn't be flabbergasted if they didn't. I really wouldn't. So we shall see. B dubs. I have very little interest in this match, to tell you the truth. That's really surprising to me. I know it's hard for. I'll, I'm going to go with Kenny and Adam Page. Really? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Why? How can, how can you have, not have interest in this match? I just don't care about FTR and and don't tell Riley, but I don't really like Kenny Omega. He's fine. <laughs> <gasps> yes. All right. Well, we're um, not coming tomorrow. All so. right. So, uh, we'll just get a hotel room. You, okay. Like, it's fine. I want you on the other room. side of town. Can we change our tickets to not sit in your section now? <laughs> can we change pods? You can, you, you can win me over. We're going to have a, a special uh, edition of Rest of Life Radio where Riley and I debate. We'll have a debate. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. You know, because that's the thing now in wrestling is the debates. The great Kenny Omega debate? Yeah. What about Hangman Page? Do you like Hangman? I do like Hangman Page. That's why I'm choosing. That's uh, This is a heart choice all mm-hmm. all to, all night. So, yes, Adam Page. What, so what's your decision, okay. Riley? It's okay that um, you're not a big Kenny Omega fan because, oh, gosh, people are going to hate me. I'm not like, I, I like Chris Jericho, but he's just not like, you know, up there for me. So anyways. Well, you've, you've only, how long have you been watching Chris Jericho though, to be fair? Since AEW. Yeah. Oh, so yes. I mean, I, that's a very different thing. Yeah. Like we've been watching, you've been watching I, Chris I Jericho for Chris a decade. I Jericho, yeah, 10 years ago. I loved and I've been watching him for 25 years. So it's, it's very different. And it's fine. Kenny Omega doesn't need my fandom. He's, You've been he's watching him that. longer than I've been alive. Yeah, it's true. Let that yeah. Because he's old. Because mm-hmm. he's old. Um, okay. So, so who are you picking, Riley? I'm going to choose FTR. Okay. And hold on. It's going to take me a second. Because I know that this is scripted and everything. But I'm going to be really sad whenever this happens. Because... I love Kenny Omega and Hangman, and the storyline is just so, so good. It's like, okay, so I cry at everything. Like, I cry, like, in movies, like, all the time and all that stuff. So I know I'm probably 100% chance you cry. I'm going to cry. You might be on the pay-per-view crying. Yes, because it's, I mean, it's, I know it's so dumb for me to cram in it, but it's just, like, I'm I'm excited, too, because I know that it's going to push – um, Hangman into changing, and also uh, Kenny. Obviously, he's going 
to uh, super turn heel into the cleaner, Kenny. Yeah. Omega. And I'm excited. I'm so excited to see that. But on the other hand, I'm like so sad about it because I really like them having the titles. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to choose FTR, but it's with um, with me being really choked up doing it. I hope this is the next to last match. I really do. Uh, and I think Jericho and Cassidy probably will be. But this is the second biggest match of the night. And the only reason it's not the biggest match is because the singles men's title is generally just generally just the biggest match of the evening. It's just the way it is. It's also between uh, two undefeateds. Yeah, John Moxley and MGF. And and it's red hot, don't get me wrong. But this tag match, I think, is probably selling more pay-per-view buys than the world title. I really think that. And I think the world title is selling a lot. So, And Jericho and Cassidy. I mean, I mean, look at Revolution. Look at Revolution. I don't remember what the paper, the main event was at Revolution. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee I remember the Bucks versus Hangman and Kenny. And yeah. whenever you mention that, I get all the feels for it, yeah. too. Because, man, that match is so awesome. Okay, sorry. Uh, Moxley versus MJF. Micah, would you like to start? I think Moxley's going to win this. I do. Uh, mm-hmm. I think MJF is great, and I think he's going to walk away with like a million bucks. But I don't think he's ready for the title. I don't think his name recognition is there. I think that he's getting there for sure. But um, I think Moxley is still AEW's biggest draw, and I think they're going to keep the belt on him. And they're going to stretch it out until full gear. And I think Kenny's going to take it off of, of uh, Moxley. I think that should be the plan. One reason, uh, if you go on Kenny Omega's Twitter, he still has the tweet that he tweeted about John Moxley versus him versus from full gear last year. And he says he's coming back for Moxley. Uh, and that was in like 2018. So it was about a year I think, ago. I think, uh, I think he's coming back at full gear, which would be kind of poetic. For Moxley, um, yeah, that that's the, my main reasoning. I would be fine if they gave it to MJF. Really, I would, but uh, I think Moxley is a better choice, and I want Kenny to take it off of him. So, all right, uh, B Dubs, Mox, yeah, yep, even close. I uh, uh, close. Like, do you think no. there's any chance MJF wins? No, no, no. Okay, Riley. I'm going to go with Moxley, too, and um, one of the reasons that's different from Micah's is that I did choose Eddie Kingston for the Battle Royale winner, and I think that that would fit better um, with Mox winning, and I agree that Kenny Omega would be awesome as the AEW champion, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah. I think that the next champion has to be an AEW guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matt Hardy's not your next champion. You're not gonna have no. a former. You're not gonna have a former WWE guy as the next guy. Uh, and if so, I don't care how hot they are, unless it's like freaking Adam Cole or Finn Balor or Brock Lesnar coming in, which none of those. Brock Lesnar comes in and wins a championship. I'm not watching anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, unless it's a huge WWE name that is not there now, Brody Lee's not winning it. Unless it's a huge WWE name that's not there now, there's no way. A WWE guy is their next champion. Their two champions have been Chris Jericho and Dean Ambrose. And yes, I know Mox is very, very different, but they're WWE guys. Your two TNT champions have been Cody Rhodes and Luke Harper. Two WWE guys. 
Their next W their next AEW World Heavyweight Champion is 100% Kenny Omega. And I've been saying it since Mox won the title. It is 100% happening. Kenny yeah. Omega is the biggest name that has never been in WWE. The, the biggest wrestling name period that has never been a WWE guy. Uh, okay. and he's one of the one of the biggest wrestling names in the world period. And he was before AEW was even a thing. Kenny Omega was a huge deal. Uh, Mox wins this, and uh, Maka, you're 100% right. I'm not sure it's going to happen at full gear. Uh, I don't I don't know if it'll happen that fast. Uh, I think it might even be two pay-per-views from now. I think Mox might hold it for another six months because that when we get 100% fans again and he can touch people and he walks through the fans again as the champion, that's going to be a big deal, and that might not happen for six months. Uh, so I think the reality is Kenny Omega's winning the title. Uh, and Mox is going to beat Lance Archer after he defeats MJF. Oh, also another thing to throw in there. I think that, so the old Kenny couldn't beat Mox. But yeah. the cleaner Kenny would yeah. probably be able to Kenny. beat Mox. Huh? Kenny can. Heel Kenny yeah. can. And so, I just, I checked it, Micah. He does still have it pinned. You're right. Mm-hmm. So I'm so. just saying, a little bit of change of character might make him uh, win a championship. Yeah. They may change it. I think the original plan was full gear. They may change it because of the pandemic. Uh, Honestly, I don't see John Moxley walking through a crowd of people in six months, though. To be honest, it's entirely possible that he won't. But that's March. I mean, don't we hope that by spring break we've got people back and we can like touch each other again? Well, Mm. they're pushing for a vaccine at the end of this year, so so maybe we'll see. Mm -hmm. Cross our fingers and say a prayer. Uh, hashtag no politics. This is wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our AEW Dynamite review, our AEW All Out preview. Would any of you like to add anything else before I shut this down? I am just really excited for Saturday. I am we're, too. We're all stoked. Like we're we're really excited. We're going to be there. It's going to be great, ladies and gentlemen. This has been episode one hundred and twenty-eight of Wrestle Life Radio. You can follow us all on Instagram and Twitter. Excuse me. Instagram and Facebook at Wrestle Life Radio and on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. B-dubs, we can follow you on a couple things. Go ahead and go over that with us. Uh, the gram mm-hmm. and the YouTubes. So mm-hmm. That's Carol Sen, C-A-R-O-L-E-S-E-N-N. Mm-hmm. All one word, I think. And then, uh, what is it? WordPress.com mm-hmm. is carolsen.wordpress.com and What's the other one? What Whatpad. Download Whatpad for free. W-A-T-T-P-A-D. And look me up. It's not Carolson. It's Daisy Jane. Yep. D-A-Y-Z-E-E-J-A-Y-N-E. That's very convoluted. It's very convoluted. <laughs> but if you can find it, it's worth it. I'm writing a book. Check it out. You've got it on uh, WordPress, right? A little bit of it's on WordPress. Yeah, yeah. so you can Which find it there's links there. everywhere. It's on Instagram. Go to Instagram. Yeah. Luckily, you're married to the editor's wife, or that would be edited out because that was way too long. You asked me myself. <laughs> don't have me on the show. You don't want me to. I don't need your pity follows. <laughs> on cameo. Hashtag Big E. What about you, Riley? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Rybugsen. That's R-I-B-U-T-S-E-N-N. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, that is Riley Cheyenne, R-I-L-E-Y-Y-S-H-Y-A-N-N-E. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleLifeMatt. That's W-R-E. No, I'm just kidding. You can all spell WrestleLifeMatt by now. And if you can't, just Google it. I'm sure you can figure it out. You can't Google it if you can't spell it. It's like telling people <laughs> to look it up in the dictionary. Well, you know, whatever. Uh, and you can follow Micah at WrestleLifeRadio on everything. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 128 
uh, a day after you hear this, we will be live at All Out, and we will have a review shortly after seeing the show uh, and after Steak and Shake, because we're all going to Steak and Shake later. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day, and don't forget to tune in to All Out. Uh, and listen to some other episodes. Don't forget about Indie Focus. We've had a lot of cool people on there lately. Uh, and this is my worst ending ever, so I'm not even going to edit this and we're done. I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. Bye. <laughs>